Captain's log, stardate 6942.0. We have encountered an alien vessel of unknown origin. All attempts to make contact have been met with a strange, pre-recorded response, but we must keep trying. Number one, hail the craft again. Aye, sir. Hello, and welcome to Voldoni Nation. Please remember, we mean you no harm. We intend only to spread fun. Lower your shields. Resistance is futile. What's up, Jimmy Nation? It's me, Jim L. <laughs> Jim L. Uh, uh, hello, everyone. It's me, the Can of Steel. I really thought you would have been Ken L. I, I, that was actually my thought. Then we could have had Jim L and Ken L. Jim L and Ken L. Oh, Ken L. Ken L's good. It's like, you know, like the dog's Ken now. Yeah, and then you could have ML, but that doesn't quite work as well. <laughs> Sounds like you're just saying the alphabet incorrectly. Yeah. And it's me, the future Mrs. Henry Cavill. Not current. You said that a little too sheepishly for me to think that you actually think that seriously, the Emma. The future Mrs. Henry Cavill. There we go. Is that go. better? There's a little bit of a, yeah, a yeah. ring to it at the end too. I'm glad we got another take on that one. <laughs> Look, I I figured that when Henry and I, oh, no, I can't go down that path. I just I was just going to get too deep into that. You're on first name terms now, are you? Me and Henry, yeah. Yeah. Henry and yeah, I. Okay. Mm, it's better. Mr. Cavill to you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I tell people about you know my relationship with cats in us, so I don't know why you're not telling people about your relationship with Henry. Well, Mr. Cavill to me, I'm I'm not too close with him. So, tonight we're talking about Men of Steel, but I do have a couple pieces of follow-up to go through before we get into the show proper. Uh, so, we've got I've got two e- emails to read out on the show, and thank you very much for emailing in. Uh, so, the first one, we got this after we recorded the last episode, but before we released the last episode, if that makes any sense. Yes. And it says, hi, all. Just noting that there was no point to nor need to hold episodes dedicated to finding a winner of the seasons that tied. You should have awarded the wins to Jim's dad, the true and rightful winner. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. I think I can tell who this email is from. Uh, We are very sorry that Emma is trying to dethrone him when she is only in second place. Jim's dad for gold. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Please put Jim's dad on an episode. Kind regards, Jim's dad's fan club manager. Thank you again for emailing in Jim's dad's fan club manager. I will say the wheels are turning to get that happening. That will happen a little bit later in the season. I'm probably going to do the interview. It's sorry. I'm going to have dad on in an interview uh, that I'll do without Ken and Emma just because just so as not to overwhelm him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I also am pretty sure your dad would not remember me. I've met him multiple times, but I don't think he remembers me. He remembers me. I'm his favorite. He refers to you as Kenny. Yeah. Oh, and, um, The second email that I should read out. Stop me if you sense a theme coming on here. This is from Jim's dad's fan club at outlook.com. Well, I said there's a theme. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, I should say. Sorry. And we received this one, I think, the day after we released the last episode. Yeah, the day after. The Terminator episode? Yeah, after we release the Terminator episode, it says, Hi all, as the manager of Jim's Dad's fan club, I am very upset that you made merchandise that was not approved by the club and are, and are using our name. Please check all future merchandise with the club for approval. Please stop asking people to join your fake club when we have a proper email address and a club. Kind regards, Jim's Dad's fan club manager. And you know what? Fair cop, Jim's Dad's fan club manager. No, this is bullshit. No, no. If they've got, like, fair cop, if they've gone to all the effort to set up an email address, it's definitely legit. Yep. They have way too much time on their hands. That's all I can say. 
Uh, we're probably going to get another bloody aggressive email about how how disrespectful Emma is. But, <laughs> yeah, look, they're going to browbeat you into submission, Emma. Yeah, 100%. This, they don't know where I live, so it's okay. <laughs> and I don't work there anymore. But I, yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Thank you again, Jim's Dad's Sedan Club Manager. I encourage you to send hate mail to uh, to our podcast email. Yeah, the hate no. the hate only makes Emma stronger. <laughs> That's why I'm encouraging it. If it was to me, I'd be like, please don't hate me. But Emma can take it. Emma's a strong lady. Strong, independent woman. Not not very independent because she she's Mrs. Cavill. Sorry, what? So. No, no, he needs me. I don't need him. It's it's more of an interdependence thing, you know, that kind of you know unhealthy no, relationship. Look, that I feel like Henry and I we're we're a good partnership. You know, we don't need each other. Oh God, I can't get down. <laughs> I start going down the path, and I'm like, oh, this would be funny, and then I'm like, no, 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 I feel like this is just going to no. turn into like no, no. super. Lean into it. Lean into the stalker, remember? <laughs> but if Henry and I ever do get together. He's going to listen to this and, I, like, I just don't know whether he's going to find it endearing or be like, oh, this is too set up. You have such high hopes here, Emma. Godspeed. <laughs> Look, the reason that Henry and I aren't together currently is because we've never met. That's it. That's true. That's it. Okay. Fair enough. That's it. Um, But uh, <laughs> just backing up to that email for a second. Oh, yeah. Back to that. Yeah. Uh, that does remind me, shameless plug for our merch again. Thank you for bringing that up, Jim's Dad's Fan Club Manager. Uh, <laughs> And just an apology again to Jim. I've, I've spoken to them indirectly through Ken about this, but I am genuinely sorry uh, about the situation with the magnets in the merch store. I had no idea they were going to cost thirty-one freaking dollars, and I'm sorry. Yeah, look, they're not worth thirty-one dollars. <laughs> it's not like trust me. Like I, I like money. It's not worth thirty-one dollars. <laughs> yeah, look, no. Yes, we wouldn't pay that either. No, I, I would not pay $31 for like a five centimeter cross magnet. Yeah. Have you taken it off the store? I have taken it off the store. I took it nice. off the day after. Uh, you let me know. But yeah, over Christmas, when I probably have some time to my hands, I'll probably look into like what other cool merch things I can do. Yeah. We just need to check out how much <laughs> things are actually going to cost. <laughs> yeah. 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 But maybe, maybe Jim's dad's fan club wants a clock. We don't know this. Mm. Maybe they want a clock. For their clubhouse. Maybe they do. Oh, a clubhouse? <laughs> if, they, if they've got a full-on clubhouse, maybe they need a rug. <laughs> some throw rugs. And you some know. throw rugs, maybe some pi- some pillows. A nice caftan and some pillows, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I, can, I can provide advice, like, for interior design because I've seen Jim's dad's man cave and it's amazing. Oh, I tell you what, a fucking tacky as balls Jim's dad's fan club clock would go a treat in my dad's man cave. Oh, it really was. So good. So good. And it's not even just some random gym. Like, it's a- it's his actual gym. I, I have been looking for a Christmas present for him. There you go. I, I keep I keep telling you about these clocks. I don't know why. Um, I keep- again, we <laughs> spoke about this before we started recording. I don't really feel like embezzling my own money and buying my own merch. <laughs> Uh, get Leanna to buy it. <laughs> I mean, it's basically the same thing, but sure. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, these clocks are suitable for everyone and everyone's dads. I mean, not everyone's dad. I don't know if my dad wants one. Stop plugging the clocks. <laughs> we don't have clocks to sell. <laughs> Do we get Make the clock? clocks happen. <laughs> They're like 60 bucks before no, I know. shipping. I know. Okay. I know. Yeah, I know. maybe I don't not. know why. I think it was just because when we were first talking about merch, I, somebody threw out clock and it's just yeah, stuck in I'm my head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure someone said that. <laughs> I think I threw it out because- like all of the designs I've made so far are all that kind of circular design, and I thought like, oh yeah, clock. Hey, clocks have oh, yeah, different right, shapes. I do remember we were we were talking about like coasters and 
mugs yeah. and clocks. And they've all got a circular thing going on. Do you have um, hexagonal coasters or clocks? Because hexagons are the bestagons. Hexagons are the bestagons, oh. Ken. Well done. Hang on, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Man of Steel. Oh, man. Look, yeah, I definitely had a lot of thoughts as I was watching this. Some of them probably not. I mean, this oh, this isn't really a PG podcast, but... It's not? I... <laughs> no, the amount of times that we swear on here. Look, I had some thoughts. This is the movie that made me fall in love with Henry Cavill. This is the movie? Me too. June, June 2013. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the first movie that, like, I really saw. Now I've seen every single movie that he's ever been in, including, like, the fucking Count of Monte Cristo that I rewatched because I was like, oh, my God, are you and Henry Cavill's in this? Did you go back and watch, like, The Tudors? <laughs> yes, I watched. I, okay. I didn't go back. I watched The Tudors because Henry was in it. I'm pretty sure it's one of the Hellraiser movies that he's also in. It. Um, oh, okay. I think it might be Hellraiser 8. <laughs> Oh, okay. And there's Jeez. a scene of him getting a blowjob. Look, it's a great film. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely uh, went through a bit of a Henry Cavill phase. Fa- Look, I'm still in my Henry Cavill phase. It's not a phase, Mum. It's not a phase. <laughs> it's, it's a lifestyle. But, yeah, no, this was the movie, and I remember seeing it in the movies, um, that kind of put him on the map for me, probably for a lot of people out there, I think. Um, yeah, rewatching here. it, I haven't seen it in a couple of years and rewatching it, I was like, mm, and I watched it with a couple of mates on Sunday night and it was just, yeah, just a lot of things didn't make sense, but I was just like, just go with <laughs> oh, it. Oh, I've got a fucking list of them, mate. <laughs> so many things didn't make sense. And like, actually, as I was looking up for some fun facts and stuff, one of the things that didn't make sense and we were like, had like this huge big debate about it when we were watching it is like, it's actually come up when I was doing a bit of research. So that will answer that. The thing that makes the least sense is that Emma watched Man of Steel with other people in the room. Yeah. I what? felt that that I was would... going to be the safest option because then I'd actually be paying attention to what was happening in the movie. Oh, gotcha, It was gotcha. a um, tactical move. Oh, you do so much for the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, look, look, I, I do. And I hope I'm glad it doesn't go unnoticed because I put a lot of effort into this. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I feel like there's an insufficient number of shirtless Henry Cavill scenes for you even still. There's only yeah. two. Bullshit. In your mind, were you was there like a cool dozen before yeah. you rewatched yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I definitely thought there was more. And then I was like, oh, this is bullshit. Although I do like, and I can't remember if it's in, is it in Batman vs Superman was it when he gets into the bathtub with Lois? That's yeah, like he's fully clothed. I know he's fully clothed, but it still does it for me, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, Henry. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Why did we put this movie on the list? Everyone's going to be like, oh, how much does Emma talk here? Can I skip through it? You really wanted this one on the list. It was the only one you were excited about. Because it's sci-fi <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not excited about any of the other ones we've got on the list. <sighs> anyway. Okay. So, in terms of like a recap of the story, I won't spend too much time on the start of the movie. Like, everyone should be familiar with that by now. Like, if you've been living under a rock for the last 90 years, Superman is an alien sent to Earth as a baby to avoid the destruction of his home planet, Krypton. Because of the harsh conditions on Krypton, Superman has superpowers on Earth. All right. <laughs> Baseline sorted. Onto the actual plot. Good one. Uh, so, Ooh. Superman is chased to Earth by General Zod, another Kryptonian who tried to overthrow the government and was imprisoned in an alternate dimension just before Krypton was destroyed. Zod avoided the part of Krypton's history where it blew up, but he was freed from his prison in the process. Zod is after something called the Codex, which Superman's father stole, hid with baby Superman and sent to Earth. The Codex contains 
the genetic blueprints for the Kryptonian society, Zod intends to turn Earth into a new Krypton by using the Codex to make more Kryptonians and then physically changing the Earth itself to be more like Krypton in a process called terraforming. This would make Earth's gravity much stronger and its atmosphere toxic to humans, killing us all. No. Good one, Zod. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Yeah, I mean, that's it. Really. Yeah, that's <laughs> the plot of this bit. movie. And yet I still have so many questions. So what did you guys like actually think of the movie? Look, if we if we put Henry Cavill aside for now, I just had rewatching it. Like, look, it's still an enjoyable movie and I do enjoy it. However, there was a lot of like plot holes and things that just didn't fucking make sense. And it was just like what is going on that once you actually pay attention rather than just watching it for you know, watching sake. But, and it was actually good because um, one of the mates that I was watching it with, we had a good chat around how, um, like, the difference, I guess, between DC and Marvel. Marvel, like, they go to great lengths to explain everything as to yeah. why this happens and why that happens and how it all comes together. And, like, and it, it makes sense. Obviously, there's a bit of, like, what? But it makes sense for the majority. DC is just, like, how do we get from A to Z and just fuck everything that happens in between? Yeah. And, like, you know what, like, they also do in the Marvel movies? They make sure to make you, like, understand that this person is a hero. Like, the thing that annoys me about this version of Superman is how anyone is supposed to believe that he's a hero. Like, the only people who see him do any good things are, like, those couple of military dudes in Smallville. The thing, like, almost everyone in that universe would know him for would be punching a dude through a city and destroying it in the process. (laughs) It's like, who's the good guy? I know we're just focusing on this movie but it that kind of does get a little bit answered the next one where he's like not really a hero and that's the whole reason that fucking bruce wayne like comes out and he's like oh my god i was in metropolis at the time and you're a dickhead and i hate you and now we're gonna hate each other but oh my god we have our mums have the same name whoa spoilers did we just become best friends that was the dumbest fucking thing (laughs) in all the fucking cinema (laughs) it really was anyway that's a different movie but yes no i do i do get you yes yeah libertarian superman is super fucking weird Mm. libertarian superman you know, like in Bioshock, like how everybody is like just out for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a libertarian society. Oh, okay, okay. But I don't feel like there was much in this film around him being a hero, though, because pretty much like the first time that they were all aware that he even existed was obviously when Zod came over the TVs and the phones and whatever and was just like, he lives among you. And he was just like, hey. I'm an alien. I want this dude. Give him to me or I'll destroy all of you. We're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 100%. Take so him. You wouldn't. Take him. But, so, but I don't feel like you saw, like I do get where you're coming from, but I don't feel like that there was a lot of portraying him as a hero f- from the people's aspect. Yeah, but also like just going from like Henry, I don't know whether this is like Henry Cavill's portrayal himself or the way he's written or the way he's directed, but like he acts like it's such a hassle for him to like save people. The best example of this is like that scene in the, in the second one, like Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Where he goes to like the the Day of the Dead celebration with like the people with like their the skulls painted on the face, yeah, and he's just standing there so sad that he has to save people, and it's well, like, good does- God, man, mm. like. <laughs> He doesn't Maybe want, he, like, he he wasn't brought up that way. It was, Yeah, you yeah, know. That was stopping him from using his powers to. St- he just wanted to, yeah, he just wanted to live a quiet life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
He was conditioned to like not want to use his powers. So it's really daddy issues. He had he had massive daddy issues, and the and as is the world wasn't ready for him. Yeah, but But I I just don't think he acts very heroic. Like you know, in um, like I get the sense from watching this movie that Zack Snyder likes him some Dragon Ball Z. But you know what always (laughs) happens in Dragon Ball Z? The good guy always insists that they fight outside of the city so as not to hurt people. Oh, they (laughs) fucked up this city, man. Like, even yeah. when, like, things were, like, done and then all of a sudden Zod comes back and they're, like, fight, you're, like, oh, shit. And then they just destroy the city even more. Like, fly yeah. away. I, that actually and, like, did my head in. Like, they just yeah. wanted to fuck up as much shit as they could have. Even in the dream sequence, Zod had, like, the, you know, the consideration to take him out to the farmlands. <laughs> Yeah, in the cornfield. Yes, yeah. in the cornfield. Even in the second one, they they like have to like so heavily call it out when they're like, "There's no one around. We're in an abandoned shipping district. There's nobody for miles. <laughs> We're not going to hurt anyone." Yeah, so many people died. <laughs> like so many buildings, so many buildings, so the, many the people other weird died. Thing is that like they keep cutting back to that one random intern that we've never seen before? Like millions of people are dying, and we're yeah. supposed to care about this one random I'm bitch trapped. that we've never seen before. Lawrence Fishburne, save me! Yeah, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, save me! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't care about her. Yeah, at all. At all. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. That was really weird, like, as a film choice. Yeah. This movie makes me really want to go back and watch, like, the original Christopher Reeve one. (laughs) Like, I love that movie so much. It's so good. Oh, (laughs) man. Yeah, look, I still enjoy it, but it's not if you actually pay attention to the plot and stuff. Like, but if if you just sit there as, like, a mindless movie- it's good. Yeah, it's a it's a look good and feel good st- uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Except for if you just ignore the millions of people that die, it's a great feel good family film. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> yeah, but when you know, in a, in an ideal world, there were no one in those buildings except for Snyder's oh, like yeah. Jesus stand in, who like is so sad that he has to be a god. Look, he just he was just he grew up on the farm. All right, he was always different. He just he just wanted to do his thing, right? Yeah. And he had a fantastic disguise at the end of it. He put on some glasses when he was already in the lift with people, and nobody <laughs> knew who he was. It was great. He did a bang up job. To anyone who's interested, there's a YouTube video that I'll recommend. It's like my favorite movie critic. His name is Bob Chipman, and he has this series called Really That Good, where he basically just like spends hours breaking down like the movies that are like actually fantastic. And he has one on the original Superman. And there's a bit that I'll, re- I'll call out here that's really, really good where he goes through like how impressive Christopher Reeves acting is when he does the the, the transformation from Clark into Superman in one take. Hmm. Like I can't picture it off the top of my head now. I don't know how well you know the original Superman movie, but do you know that bit where Clark asks Lois out on a date? Lois. And Lois. he goes over to her house to like pick her up oh, and yeah. he's con- he's contemplating <laughs> revealing himself to be Superman mm. and he like in one take Christopher Reeve was able to show like how one person could believe that Clark Kent is not Superman. Ooh, um, okay. I actually don't know if I've seen the original one. You gotta, my man. You gotta. Wait, but how does, it have, does, does it have Henry Cavill in it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Emma's no, not it doesn't. Watch it. it does have no, Christopher I Reeve. Just- no, I just don't think that. Yeah, but you know what? He doesn't quite do it for me. What about George Reeve? Who's George Reeve? George Reeve is the guy who played Superman in the fifties TV series. Oh, Jim, like, 
I haven't seen that either, mate. I tried to watch the a movie the other day that was from the seventies, and I got two minutes in, and I was like, I can't do it. Um, yeah, I sent you to a link. Oh wow! Yeah, right. Oh wow! Okay, Lois. Oh damn! Yeah, he did that in like one go. Oh wow! Damn. Okay, so posture change, glasses. All right, uh, time I'm gonna to um. It. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna try and pick that up and use that to pick up girls. Yeah. Anyway, apart from the like, <laughs> can you read my mind scene and the um, like Lex Luthor's plan is bullshit, like in the movie, like his plan is to like nuke California off. So his plan is to, like hit the San Andreas fault with nuclear weapons so that it will fall into the ocean. And he's bought up all of the land on the other side of the San Andreas fault so we can sell it for money when it becomes beachside property. <laughs> wow. Damn. <laughs> that's a that's a very uh, capitalist plan. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) What? Destroy the lives of so many people just to make some money off some beachside Mm -hmm. properties. Terrible. And he also plans to nuke Hackensack in New Jersey so that Superman has to choose between saving both places at the same time. Oh, okay. I remember you mentioned that somewhere in another Mm. episode. Yeah, great. Anyway, I have uh, what I'm calling a list of mostly unanswerable rhetorical questions here, if you guys are interested in. Sure. I will try to answer them to the best of my ability. I was going to say, I cannot promise that I won't answer them. I'm just, I'm just going to read through them without stopping for answers. Okay, go for it. I will try my best to be quiet. Question one. What is with the weird little dildo rockets that they put Zod's crew into <laughs> at the beginning of the movie? Yes. Uh, question two. Zod is released from the Phantom Zone as Krypton is destroyed. Does that mean that all of the other prisoners in the Phantom Zone are released at the same time? If so, how have they not used that for anything yet? Question three. Ignoring how petty it was, how on God's green earth did nobody hear Clark impale that dude's truck on the logs? Mm-hmm. Question four. <laughs> What did that latex bodysuit smell like at the end of the day? Question five. Uh, I honestly don't get Jonathan's thought process when he goes back to the car to save the dog. Like, I get that he doesn't want people to see Clark do something, but Clark could just, like, let the tornado yeet him away. Question six. Why does Zod want to take Lois Lane aboard the ship? What possible purpose could he have for her? Question seven. When they get to Zod's ship, Clark hands Lois the Kryptonian key. Where was he holding that? Nature's pocket? Uh, Question eight. When Superman (laughs) is flying away from the black hole he used to destroy Zod, to destroy Zod, ship. He looks like he's trying as hard as he can to fly away from it. Even though he looks stationary because it's a black hole, that means he's accelerating as fast as he can. We saw him fly to the Indian Ocean in a couple of minutes, so how is Lois not crushed by Newton's third law? Uh, question nine. What does Emma think of his constipation face when he's trying to destroy the world engine? Uh, and question ten. Do you think the irony of Superman being an illegal alien is lost on the Americans? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say I had a lot of the same thoughts? Yep. Yep. Um, definitely that dildo thing, 100%. I think everybody that was in the room with me watching, we all just kind of looked at each other and go, are they in dildos? <laughs> yeah, look. Yes. The Phantom Zone, like, that does make a good, you do make a good point with that. And I guess the- The other prisoners would be out because they, they all could preserve how many? like so many years, right? Because that's the whole point of it, the Phantom Zone. You don't, like, you can survive there for a long time. Yeah, because they've yeah. been sent away for 300 years. But I guess mm-hmm. the justification or the, the thing is there is that it would only be potentially the people that Krypton have put away and maybe 
maybe they didn't have anybody away at the time. Yeah. Potentially. Anyway, like I said, mostly unanswerable rhetorical questions. Yes, yes, yes. And I I guess one of them wasn't rhetorical and Emma likes all the faces at Henry Cavill Pools. How's your watch face going, by the way? It's great. Uh, So, for the listener's benefit, I made Emma a custom Henry Cavill watch face for her Apple Watch. uh, And I'll put a link to that in the show notes if anybody's interested in that. (laughs) I'm flicking through them now. It's pretty great. Oh, he just winked at me. Oh, Henry. (laughs) Um, Yes. But yes. Cool. So, I guess we can get on to what are we, because you explained what Zod's plan was earlier. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys rate it? What did you think? Uh, I gave it an eight out of ten. Mm. Yeah, mm. I thought it was a good plan. Yeah, good plan. Yep. It was smart, filled with a lot of technology that they some um, you know scoured from the outpost. Uh, they were very very resourceful, and uh, I think there was a lot of order in the what Zod wanted in the end. Yeah, super resourceful. Yeah, like he just picks up bits that he finds along the way, and he's like, oh, I guess we can destroy this planet now. Rad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, the only problem was that it was uh, Superman was the problem. Like, they were basically invincible on Earth bar Superman. And he was basically a freak accident. Like, what are the chances of a dude who grew up in an alien planet and turned out to be so strong and managed to, you know, pull this planet all apart? That was just very, very unfortunate for them. They knew he was there because... That was the whole yeah, thing of it. They knew but he was it, there, but they. Yeah. I get. I take your point that like mm-hmm. they're they're all basically gods. Like it's very hard to stop them. It, it it was basically a fluke that they happened to have something that could make a black hole on hand. Yeah. Ah, yes, the baby pod. Do you know what though? What I didn't get was, and maybe it was like a self preservation thing or whatever. But like when they was when the um the military guys were were firing their weapons at them and nothing was happening, I was like, what? Stop shooting! Why bother? What? Just stop! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite bit was when, like, he, the Law and Order guy, I can't remember his name. Elliot you know Stabler. Who I'm talking about. Yeah, Elliot Stabler <laughs> has just, like, unloaded, like, both, uh, like, a full clip of his machine yeah. gun and a full clip of his pistol into this woman and, like, onto her face and, like, does nothing. And then he pulls out his knife, like, all right, let's go, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you can see when um, Superman comes in, he's just probably just like, oh, fuck, thank God. <laughs> I definitely nearly died. And then the point was, right, because then all of a sudden he's, like, bloody flying the ship. And it's like, why is it? He's, like, a fucking commander or whatever it is like he's a bloody command why is he f- yep. flying the ship i get that they do it so that like the the audience understands who that person is but like he was leading that expedition to the arctic circle and then he was leading the fbi raid that arrested yep. lois lane yep. and then he was leading the interrogation of superman yep. and then he was leading he's, and he's only a bloody general like he's not even that yeah. important yeah i had a lot of questions about that like how important is this one guy so this guy's basically you know if Everyone's resume was actually what they said they did. Then he's this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you rate Zod's plan, Emma? You know what? I actually think it wasn't a bad plan. I, I give it an eight as well. Potentially, yeah. uh, potentially a nine. It was a very good plan. I think. Look, I think I'm going to give it a nine. Like, I think it actually was a good plan overall. Yeah. The only thing that brought it brought it down for me was the fact that they didn't take out Superman when they had the chance. Mm. Like, they could have neutralized him when he was like vulnerable on the ship, yep. but they didn't. Yep. So that's what brought it down for me. Yep. And there's one other thing which is part of my plan, which they definitely fucked up on. But other than that, it was a pretty good plan. Fair mm. enough. Okay. Well done, Zod. <laughs> good work, Zod. You're not attractive, but you had a bloody good plan. Are you going with nine, Emma? Yeah. Well, well done. It's a 25 out of 30. Hey. Nice. Oh, wow. That might just win him the season. Yeah. <laughs> well that's done, like Jafar Zod. level. <laughs> 
All right. Emma Hodges, tell us. Fun facts. Tell us, Emma. Fun facts with Emma. Oh. Oh. Um, I've also (laughs) split up my fun facts tonight. So, yes, it's in fun facts about Henry. And then random ones about the movie. They are all about the movie. Don't worry. It's not just like, did you know he was born? It's not that. Don't worry. I I also have two categories here for my fun facts. (laughs) I have one called fun facts and then one called Superman fun facts off the top of Jim's head. Okay, of course. So, number one. Okay, so um, Henry had refused to take steroids to muscle up for the role. Um, He also refused any digital touch-ups or enhancements to his body in his shirtless scenes. So, for this, he actually had a special four-month training regimen to get the appropriate physique, which let's wow. just be real, it was pretty appropriate. Wow, four months. Yeah. So, he gained – so, it was like every – this is every day. So, he gained weight by drinking five 1,000-calorie protein shakes a day and then Ooh, he did good. like cardio workouts to burn away the fat and build muscle and then he underwent a grueling two-hour workout to build up his muscles and abdomen every day for four months. Fuck that. For the six weeks leading up to uh, just before filming the shirtless scenes, his calorie intake went from 5,000 to 1,500 and he hit 7% body fat. After, and this is all for like because he really wanted it to be legitimate for um, the shirtless scenes. So after he finished his shirtless scenes, Snyder gave him a tub of ice cream and a pizza to celebrate. <laughs> Man, fuck all of that. Like yeah. I didn't have an afternoon fuck. snack yesterday and I got all handshaky. <laughs> <laughs> had a fucking bowl of ice cream as we started this podcast. Yeah. But also like I very much like commend that commitment. Like yeah. I, I know if I was in his position, I would be like, give me all of the digital magic you possibly can. Like Jimmy Boy needs all the help he can. Here. Yeah, but like I also do feel. I mean, when you like, it's also a money thing, right? Like I can't afford a personal trainer or somebody to make my meals and do all that shit for me. So I do the cheap and easy. Make his meals. All he did was like five protein shakes a day. <laughs> so many protein. Yeah, I can't so much that. protein. Fuck that. Oh god. But also, like, if you knew that you were like the world was going to be what I mean, looking at you shirtless, you'd probably be like, and you were getting paid for it too. You'd yeah. probably be a little bit more. Anyway, I'd rather look like the C- um the CGI Terminator than have to go through that. I can't remember who right. brought this up on the pod before. <laughs> you know the 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 Zac Efron Baywatch movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently he. Uh, because, you know, he, he's, like, very muscular in the shirtless it's, scene there. Apparently, it's actually super gross, yeah. Yeah. He ate so much, like, chicken in the preparation for that um preparation for that shirtless scene uh, <laughs> that he had to blend it because his mouth wouldn't move anymore. <laughs> I do remember hearing that, yeah. Oh, so gross. He did not That's look disgusting. good in that movie. Yeah, he looked unwell. <laughs> mm, it did not look good. Anyway, back to Henry. He has a naturally hairy chest, but he didn't want to shave for the film. Um, Superman is usually depicted with no hair, um, and I think it's about a, you know, muscular men are usually hairless. But he brought up the, the comic um, Death of Superman as an iconic representation in which he is shown with, with a hairy chest and they let him keep it. Mm. I love that he cited precedent. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, in, excuse me, in this comic book. Um, so, which Nerd. actually kind of leads into this is because, and this is my fun fact that actually did come out of uh, my head and I've used it in multiple trivias that I have created in the past, is that he nearly missed a phone call to say that he'd gotten the role because he was busy playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, he, he a nerd. 
Um, mm. Again, this is just more a recommendation for the audience because I know you've watched the shit out of this. Uh, I encourage everyone to watch uh, an Instagram video that Henry Cavill put up where he built his new oh, gaming PC man. to the tune of Barry White music. Oh, man. It is the most incredibly <laughs> sexual thing that you'll so see all year. <laughs> like, as he's got the screwdriver in it, it's like, oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's you good- watched it. Nice. Of course I've watched it. So, the film ma- filmmakers had initially outfitted Henry in the Superman, um, the original, not the 1978 costume, to see how well he fit the role. Despite the outfit bearing lighter blue color and red trunks and everything, nobody laughed at him and they were like, mate, you're, you've got it. You're right Voice. for this role. And, well, if we stay on the costume, um, so the costume designer said that while the Superman suit emphasised and uh, <laughs> highlighted his muscular physique, for the scenes where he was playing Clark Kent, um, they really tried to hide this, and so they gave him a lot of layers and clo- um, baggy clothing. So the only um, so that he could blend in more, and the only one scene where he's wearing a uh, like a tight t shirt is when he's with his mum, and obviously she already knows who he who he is, so it was fine. While we're on the topic of the costume, yes, I don't know whether this says more about me than it does about anything else. Um, <laughs> But you know, like this this movie version of Superman doesn't have like the red undies over the top of the um, mm. top of the suit anymore. Mm. Yeah, yep. they wanted to. Yeah, but they but didn't like, in the end because they thought it I just didn't yeah, suit. I don't know whether this says more about me, but I find like my eyes even more drawn to Henry's crotch now that they've taken the red <laughs> undies off. Like it makes his bulge even more pronounced somehow. Yeah, it does because he's in a bloody skin tight suit. Of course, that's where you look. I don't like the fact that they got around that like Superman doesn't wear his undies on the outside by saying that like hit the Superman. Superman suit is the undergarment for the Kryptonian battle suits. Like, I get that the mm. undies on the outside of the suit is meant to evoke that image of, like, the early 20th century strongman and those don't really exist anymore. But, like, it's such an iconic oh. part of the character design. Oh, as in, like, the strongman, like, in bodybuilding competitions who wear, like- Yeah, it's, yeah. like, oh. the, undi- the undies on the outside are meant to look like, you know, like, those old black and white photos that you see of, like, yep. absurdly, like, ripped dudes, like, just mm. lifting things above their heads. Yep. And yeah. the reason they did that is they would put undies over their tights because tights of the time were very prone to ripping and you didn't want your dick flipping out oh, when you did. were, like, lifting 200 kilos above your head. Maybe you did. They yeah. didn't. Emma wanted to. Mm, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, cape and, the cape and the underwear are meant to make him look like a circus performer so that people understand that he is, like, very strong. Yeah, which I, I do. I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, I think it's- It's an anachronism. Yeah, and I feel like you kind of got to drift away from, you know, just because it used to be that, doesn't need to be that now, potentially wouldn't have been. I think they're trying to make it more realistic, whereas if you saw some dude f- flying around it with, like, underwear on the outside, you'd be like, mate, what are you doing? Whereas, Put the pants on. You know, do you know what I'm- Like, I just feel like they're yeah. trying to modernise it. So, I do. I, I get where you're coming from, but I understand why they have shifted away from that. Yeah. All right, so- back into it. So, that's all the the Henry ones. So, now we'll uh, get on to normal ones. So, the film was actually released on the 75th anniversary of Superman in June 2013. Oh, wow. Um, Ben Affleck actually turned down the opportunity to direct the movie because he didn't feel he was experienced in effect shots enough. (laughs) Good call, Ben. Yeah, good one. Wait, Ben Affleck's a director? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an Oscar-winning director. He won Best Picture. 
He's done oh, some I good stuff, actually. He can both. do both. Oh. This is Amy Adams' third time auditioning for Lois Lane. She had first read for Lois um, in Brett Ratner's abandoned film and then for Superman Returns in 2006, which obviously well, she, she did. She was also in an episode of Smallville. She was. So if we stick on Superman Returns, um, both director Brian Singer and actor Brandon Ruth expressed interest in reprising their positions from Superman Returns. And then obviously they, when they found out that it wasn't actually going to be a continuation, it was a whole new thing, I think Brandon still wanted to be part of it but clearly didn't get it. But slight side fun fact was that Henry actually also auditioned for the tw- 2006 movie which he didn't get and that was a Aww. flop so it was good <laughs> yeah so the and this so this next one this is the point that i had the thought of this was in terms of his flying and all of that stuff so when he is uh, when clark is first learning to fly he's only able to make a few bounds in the first few superman comics in 1938 and 39 he was able he was not able to fly but could only leap i think it was like an eighth of a mile for like a high powered kangaroo is the way they describe Leap it. buildings at a single bound. <laughs> <laughs> Kangaroo man. Yeah, the first cartoons and movies decided that this looked undignified and made him fly, which looks more majestic. So even though the physics give no logical reason for him to have this ability, that's what it is. And I remember- Oh, yeah, the comics have come up with such- bullshit explanations for why yeah. for like how he can fly over the years it's just like just don't think about it too hard and guys this, like, and that was the exact conversation that we had because my friend was like uh what the fuck uh well, how was he flying we had this huge conversation I, and then i ended up just being like mate just go with it and then when i read this and i was like yeah <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> there's no logical reason but just go with it it's dc <laughs> just go with it so the tornado scene had quite some controversy around it um, especially with the National Weather Service, as um, overpasses are not considered to be safe shelters in the event of a tornado. <laughs> oh, that's um, such a fucking pedant thing from the National Weather Service. But is, like, yeah, but like, I love it. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it was due to the um, the wind funneling effect increasing the likelihood of being struck by debris. But I think because I, I started reading into this a little bit more because I was like, what, what, why, why do you care? And I actually think it was in the nineties that. It it actually changed because it used to be that um, overpasses were considered as um, a safe space during a tornado. However, there was something that happened and I can't remember exactly what year, but I believe it was in the 90s that there was – some uh, television crew, um, et cetera, that took shelter in there and they all died. And so then they were like, well, we changed our minds. It's no longer considered safe. Plus, like, I get the point that they're trying to make that, like, they have to, like, reinforce this idea to people that, like, they shouldn't go into an overpass in the middle of a hurricane. But, like, it's fucking Kansas. It's, like, flat as shit. Where else are they supposed to go? I'm surprised there was an overpass there. (laughs) Yeah. What are they overpassing? Uh, Nothing. Um so, the majority of the action scenes actually used a CGI cape for Superman and CGI armor for the other Kryptonians, which oh, I think okay. is funny because imagine it just looks so strange. Yeah, like if you did, if you couldn't tell that like the face shields were like CGI, like, come on. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like if actually, this was news to you, like, come no. on. The cape actually, maybe. Um, yeah, the cape, yeah. But I actually remember when- um, Lois is in the ship, in um, Zod's ship, and she's got her mask on and she's got, like, her hair in her face. And I was just yeah. like, I'm sorry. How does she – How did, it's, like, started to get in her eyes. And I was like, how does she get that out? Like, what? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was, like, back. And I'm like, mate, you weren't 
it was so that that mask is so skin tight. There's no way you would have been able to like <laughs> flick it out of your face. Maybe she was wearing it like people are wearing it nowadays, just like with things dangling out. When they put that little thing on her, they didn't like pull her hair into the thing. So how is that thing making an airtight seal? Mm. It's not. It's not. not. It's- CGI. Again, again I don't think about again, it. Again, I, I just called out the National Weather Service on pedantry, and here I go. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else we got? Uh, the first cut of the movie was originally three and a half hours long. Oh, I already thought this one was a bit too long. No, I was okay yeah, with it's like it. it's two and a half hours long, isn't it? Yeah, two and a half. Although I will say that the sequel was interminably long. Like, oh, my God. God. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, if we want to go back to people being unhappy with things, there was quite a few people, including Christopher Nolan, who was a producer on this, that um, weren't happy with the scene where Superman kills Zod. They felt it could have been very easily avoided simply by him putting his hand over his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But one of the co-writers in the end was able to convince Nolan and a few others that were involved that it helped portray, and I guess this is the reasoning for it, um, that it was meant to portray Superman as an unrefined and inexperienced hero at the point. Yeah. I mean, the main problem I have with that point in the movie is that, like, you know, that the bit afterwards where he has, like, real grief that he's had to kill someone. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really feel earned because, like, they have the movie hasn't shown us that like Superman doesn't kill like he's yeah. he's indirectly killed millions he's of killed people. Killed so many people. And also, what gets me every time I watch this movie is the way that he snaps his neck. The family would have died. Yeah, because his eyes oh. would have gone over them, and like they would have died. <laughs> So, he killed Zod and the family. Or maybe he was hoping the the eyes turn off at the point they, of impact. But they didn't because if you actually watch the clip, mm. his eyes, like, well, the um, laser, whatever the hell it is, like, actually flicks up, which means that the way if he had snapped the neck to the left, it wouldn't have hit the family, but he snapped it to the right, which means that the eyes would have um, gone like over the family. Gone across the family. Gone yeah. across the family. So they did. Um, also, I don't understand that. You know, like I, the the film understands that like a person can move their eyes right. It's not limited to like the direction you're facing. Like he could have just looked at the family and killed them. Yeah. Like yeah. Clark holding his head that way couldn't really like shouldn't really have impacted his ability to look at the family. Unless it um. was more to do with because it kind of like you know when you yeah. see Zod do it for the first time like he can't control it or whatever it takes over his whole eyes that maybe it actually it doesn't follow the pupil maybe it's the whole yeah head and maybe, eye yeah. maybe you have to align the back of your eye to your pupil that's so that yeah. it's directly coming straight out through your eye sockets like because if you yeah if you think about it like if you even if you think about every time that you've seen um, Henry do it, or even um, even if you think of uh, Cyclops in X Men and stuff, their head moves. It's not just the eyes. Yeah. So potentially. Anyway, look, that's my justification. Anyway, a couple more, <laughs> couple more that I got here. So in the film, there are multiple images and lines alluding to, uh, I guess, a savior like the savior like nature of Superman. I know we've had a bit of a discussion around how the fucking Jesus bullshit. Yeah. In this movie, and then he tells Dr. Hamilton that he's been on earth for 33 years, which is generally accepted as the age of Jesus Christ when he was crucified. Again, and- enough <laughs> with the Jesus bullshit, Zach. <laughs> and, Get it. And uh, the Kryptonian family name of El is also um, one of the Hebrew names for God. So, basically, mm. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, the last one I've got here is that um, Matt Bomer and Zoe Saldana were on the cards to play Superman and Lois Lane. Cool. And that was it. That was my fun facts. Quite a few. Woo! Thank you. Fun facts with Emma. Well done, you're Emma. Welcome. So I have some some fun facts off the top of Jim's head if you're interested. I'm very interested. Yes, please. Uh, completely unrelated to this movie. I just think they're fun. <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward to this now. Uh, Superman is essentially like the two people that created him, Siegel and Schuster, uh, essentially ripped off a book written by the guy who wrote Tarzan called John Carter of Mars. So the idea of of John Carter is that this guy gets teleported to Mars, but because Mars's gravity is a third of Earth's, he's basically a superhero. And so like Superman is essentially what if John Carter came to Earth? Whoa. Um, yes. And I, <laughs> I remember seeing that John Carter movie that they came out with a few years ago as well. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, checks out. Yeah. Um, and the original Superman movie, again, I highly recommend everybody watch the really that good thing that I link that I'll put in the show notes. The original movie was intended to be a two part, like six hour long epic movie. Like, I don't know how well you guys know it, but you know, the scene in the first movie where Jor-El tells Superman that there will be consequences if he tries to like wind back time to save Lois. No. And then he saves her and there's seemingly no consequences. Is that the one where he rotates around the earth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He like winds back time and then saves Lois. So like Jor-El tells Superman that there'll be consequences to his actions if he does this, that he can't save everyone and then he does it and then there's no consequences to his actions Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) uh, in the original design superman winding back time was supposed to release zod from the phantom zone which happened by uh, a nuclear weapon hitting their prison in the in the second movie Uh. which makes a lot you know like the original design makes more sense but it just like the the producers and the directors had like a massive falling out even though they'd filmed 75 percent of the sequel and he was like no fuck all of you i'm out (laughs) do it on your own i don't give a shit anymore and then they like completely had to like retool the second movie in your opinion do you think it would have been a better movie if they it would have been it would have been fucking incredible it would have been (laughs) bonkers but (laughs) that's unfortunate i'm very sorry jim yeah yeah oh well sorry for your loss Jim yeah again I recommend everyone go watch the original movie even if it's just for the the wicked tan that um (laughs) fuck what's his name Marlon Brando gets from all of the UV lights they had on the Krypton sets oh man Anyway. UV lights. <laughs> oh man, it's such a fucking like seventies fever dream that movie. Like so much cocaine would have gone into the making of it. All of the cocaine. All of the cocaine. Just all of it. Now we know why Superman can fly. <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. For the love of God, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay. We should move on to our plans. We should. So, my plan is pretty simple, and I might have hinted at this a little bit when we were talking (laughs) earlier about what I thought of Zod's plan. My plan is to, when they get Superman on board the ship and they're, like, doing the thing where they read his mind and, like, take his blood and probe him or whatever else they were doing, (laughs) while you're there- just go on in and snip his spinal cord. He doesn't need it. Oof. Not to Oof. kill him, just to make him a quadriplegic. Plegic. None of this, oh, like, gosh. Dr. Evil elaborate plan nonsense. Like, yeah. when I was watching this, I felt like, you know, that scene in the original Austin Powers movie where Seth Green's character is like, what are you doing? I have a gun. We will shoot him. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I felt a little bit like that. <laughs> yes. No, I get you. Oh, yep. God. Is that, is that the plan? Because that's a great plan. That's the plan. plan. No, Very no, simple. I, no, 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 I get Snip that. Spinal cord. My, okay. my plan is gotcha. ju- nearly just as simple and that's a bloody brilliant plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it, Jim. 
Damn. But but what I about Mrs. Cavill? You know, again, it's a separate movie. Henry it's- Cavill and Superman. Kid. Oh, okay, sorry. No, no, no. But like, I I completely agree. That is a fantastic <laughs> plan. I have nothing to. <laughs> because as we yep. all agreed earlier, um, Zod's plan is is good. It's just that there's a couple of things. There's a couple of holes. You found one. Mine's kind of similar. Um, and yeah. So, no, well done, Jim. Yeah, well I done. totally get it because he, he actually plays no part in the future of his plans at all. So, there's really no point keeping him in yeah. full function. No, because they, they, yeah. they were essentially wanting to kill him anyway. Yeah. They had him there. They wanted to find out where the codex was, so they obviously um, took his blood and whatever. And... This, they didn't need him for anything else. So, I yeah. get not killing him potentially yeah. and then once they had found out that- Yeah, you don't kill him because they don't know where the codex is yet. Yeah. So, I get, I get that. So, I, I appreciate what you're saying, like don't kill him, just sever his spinal cord. And then once they find out that it's in his blood and he doesn't actually- Well, one, he's incapacitated and he's just lying there. And two, they said, which doesn't make sense. This is another conversation we had. He would need to be alive for you to get the- Surely, what like, you-, you know how they were- I, wouldn't it just... It's fucking future magic bullshit. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, but yes, Handle that was another... Cons- anyway, hard. whatever. Yep, it's DC. But yes, mm. no, well done, Jim. Good plan. Good plan. Thank you. So, uh, yes, I guess I, it's probably easier if I go next. So, basically, same, <laughs> same thing. You got them on the ship. Don't put Lois Lane in the fucking room where your mainframe is. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, have was so a stupid. prison. You have a prison cell. Put her in there why do you regardless of them thinking whether she had the from what you were saying before jim where did he hide that regardless <laughs> of pocket. her having <laughs> regardless of them thinking that potentially she has that or doesn't have it or whatever like don't put her in that room like that's the most fucking important room on your ship yeah. basically don't put her in there your ship Ugh. is designed to send people to an alternate dimension prison yeah put her there <laughs> So, basically, that's how simple yeah, my, my plan is. But also, like, the other flip side and the other thing that I thought of, so it's very <laughs> similar to yours, Jim, because then they would have had him, he wouldn't have broken free and had Russell Crowe save him and all that shit. So, all of that, he still would have been incapacitated and whatever. So, it's very similar. But the other thing that I had um, was, like, obviously, they had been trying to find him for 33 years or whatever, and then it was basically, like, as soon as the beacon went off, they basically, like, were like, well, shit, and then they, like, basically, basically put all their cards on the table really what they should have yeah. done was actually incovertly or covertly whatever come to earth without anybody knowing and actually figure out how earth works to try and as, as strong as they were to actually sense how it all worked to give them the most that was leverage. probably yeah, yeah the most leverage and the most you know because obviously you know um the fucking heat visual laser eyes and whatever, all that kind of started to come. If they had even been on Earth just a day beforehand sussing things out, yeah, they would have had a lot more power. They, they show in the movie that like when they teleport in, they kind of teleport in near the moon. There's a line that I really hate where one of the scientists says like, we're just hoping some amateur with with a the telescope doesn't spot mm. them. And it's like the image that they have, their ship takes up what looks like like a fifth of the angular diameter yeah. of the moon. What do you mean some amateur is going to see it? Look at the fucking <laughs> moon and see eye, it. I can see that. Um, 100%. Yeah, that annoyed me too. Um, but yeah, so that's my plan. Short and sweet. Like obviously the whole putting her in a proper prison thing would have negated the need for them to go to Earth earlier, but or why do they even need her on the ship? 
They don't. Yeah, why did they take her up they there? They don't. The plot needed her up there. They yeah. didn't. So part one is don't take Lois Lane on the ship. Ugh, then you're done because you basically Superman sh- can't do anything. And the second thing is if they do happen to take her on the ship because they want some eye candy, whatever, put her in a proper prison cell. Don't put her in the fucking mainframe room. Done. Then you get the world. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like Done. <laughs> I get that they have like super advanced computers and whatnot, but like I wouldn't put a monkey in my in a room with my computers. What if they like pissed on it or something? <laughs> yeah, <but that's> like, <laughs> ugh. I mean, the chances are like I get it. The chances are no, just don't put her in there. Like that's a that's a pretty important room. Anyway, that's my plan. It's very <laughs> very mm-hmm. short and sweet, just like yours, Jim. What would you say to? As, as a HR rep, what kind of conversation would you be having with the team member that put Lois in that room? You're done fucked up. Am I going to need to let you go? <laughs> um, Formal HR lingo right there. That's jargon. Yeah. Look, there definitely would have been words for sure. And he would have been let go and I'd probably do it for bloody gross misconduct. <laughs> Although I feel like if I if that was what I was HR, they they don't have HR. I think that's the whole point of them, right? Yeah. Is that your plan, Ken? Institute a HR program? <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> All right, Ken, what's your plan? Oh, my plan. Let's see. Uh, so, my plan is uh, a little bit different to your, your two. It has more um, than one step. <laughs> it has more than one step. So, I believe they shouldn't have been so hard-handed in their approach to trying to get the codex off uh, our uh, favorite Mr. Superman here. Um, the hard-handed approach didn't really work when they overthrew the government. I think if they're dealing with, you know, an infant child who's sent uh, to an alien planet, they should be nicer, you know? They should have tried to take the codex from him a bit more diplomatic don't broadcast it all over the over the TV and be like, hey, we want this guy and all threateningly. You know, that's not cool. Ken's so nice. <laughs> Ken, uh, Jim's just like, let's sever <laughs> Superman's spine. Ken's like, let's take it the nice way. Let's befriend everyone. Yeah. Although, like Emma was saying, like they kind of put all of their cards on the table yeah. from the get-go. Exactly. Like, that was not like, necessary. Oh, you can imagine if that happened, we'd all fucking freak out and be like, where is this guy? Let's get find him and give him to him. He's bringing love, bringing flex. <laughs> Oh, I'd leave. So I'd let someone else do it though. Like I, no, I'd be too scared to go and try and find this guy. Um, but you know, my my. But anyway, so uh, another thing is, even if you don't manage to get the codex, you have a world engine, a freaking terraformer. You know, you're saying how you know gentle and nice Earth is for the is for the Krypton body. That you're you decided to use this world engine to make it a worse environment for people to live in. Hmm. That means you have the ability to change any planet to suit what you need. Like, you know, go to Mars or something. You know, go to the you know the the underrated Jupiter or something to <laughs> terraform them. And, <laughs> yeah, no one ever talks about Jupiter, so you know, here's to you, Jupiter. Yeah. I really toyed with having this is my plan, Ken, until I realized it was basically the same as my plan from last week. <laughs> oh, am I stealing your plan from last week? No, you're not. Um, anyway, but- you go to Mars and, te- you know, terraform Mars to be, be like Krypton, you'll still get the, uh, the energy from the sun, which is, you know, what makes Superman so great. Mm. And, you know, you'll be living on a different planet and, you know, you can rebuild Krypton that way and come back and take over Earth if you really want to. Yeah. After you've rebuilt, because all, the whole 
you know, the whole uh, building this whole society thing, the whole thing from the beginning is that Kal-El, Superman, was the first naturally concepted Kryptonian. Yeah. When you started talking about the equipment to rebuild Krypton, I thought you meant like birds and the bees kind of business. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like as, as in like, sorry, uh, just, you know, build, you know, you have all the technology, set up a base there. And then from there, you can go, go go and steal the codex again if he really wouldn't give it to you. Or if you want to, you know, be a bit nicer, just try and convince him to give you the codex so they can start start Krypton again on Mars or Jupiter and, mm. you know, do it that way. Well, you know what? Straight up lie. Say, yeah. I need the codex to live. Yes, exactly. Don't you want to save your I, race? Exactly. I do think, I, exactly. I, I do potentially think that that would have worked if they had like gone to a different mine and then just kind of like found out where Superman was and was like, hey, bro, look, you know, we're, we're creating our, our world again. Mm-hmm. We need the codex. He might have been a little bit more inclined to do it. But I, I guess what we're going to unbottle Candor on Mars. You're come. <laughs> but I think the only thing that's potentially stopping with the whole do the nice thing is that obviously the whole point of the Codex is that everybody is put into these buckets of this is who you are and this is what your genetic mm-hmm, makeup mm-hmm. is, and those guys do not have that in them to do the nice thing because they, as um, oh. General Zod was saying, that like he was literally created genetically designed to, to be, be a this. military leader to, no to protect oh, yeah. um well i guess to so maybe in that regard but i think you know because he yeah, was made to it would create have been krypton's best interest in that regard yeah so maybe potentially for that yeah. maybe he maybe he might have but i think it was just more that you know i i don't think that they would go down it doesn't seem feasible to me that they, they would go like nice down people. the nice path yeah. to save mm-hmm. but I, I it make the plan yeah. makes sense don't get me wrong but i'm just thinking and because that's the whole point i was unable to poke any holes in Jim's on. so <laughs> i apologize for being uh, mean here but like i just think that that mm-hmm. to me is probably the only standout thing in terms of the likelihood yeah. of that being able to happen because of their genetic makeup yeah i yeah i can't argue with that because yeah, he, yeah. and also maybe it's just michael shannon's acting <laughs> but i also get the sense that he couldn't pull off nice <laughs> yeah no he just looks mean <laughs> <laughs> he would just show up and he would be like, where is the cryptex, Cal? And Clark would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, where is the I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to get that angry just then. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I still love you. Um, yeah, look, I feel like in everything, I don't know if I've seen him in a lot, but I feel like everything I've seen him in, he's just like same. Super intense. Super intense. Super just intense. the same facial expressions. I get that's his face, whatever. No judgment, but judgment. But judgment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of thought that, you know, um, Jor-El, uh, Superman's dad's plan to get him to start off there and then, you know, entrust the codex to him and so that they can coexist was kind of a stupid plan. Mm. You know, like. Yeah. I- but the question... The codex itself was already, like, pre-programmed you know, pre yeah. all these people into a certain society and you want your son to somehow, like, live there, learn their ways and let them coexist yeah. even though they're already pre-programmed. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know, th- your society can't function in another society. But the question that I've got as well is that um, if he's got the codex in him, does that, like, make him stronger by any means? Or, like, what I don't see the... I don't but, think so. Do you know what I mean? It's like, basically just a big hard drive. Yeah. 
And then it's kind of like Russell Crowe screwed him over because he knew that they would come and find him and likelihood of them killing him to find it. Like he's kind of set him up for failure. For failure, yeah. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Again, poor management. Uh, but I do, I do. Look, I get that there's only you know so much you could have done. All right, we need to decide on a winner. Then oh, it's going to be hard. <laughs> three, one, two, three. Ken, Jim, Jim. Oh, yes! you won again, Jim. <laughs> again. Ah! <laughs> Woo! Go, Jim. You know what I'm so impressed with? Well, maybe not impressed is the wrong word. That you didn't use space? No, no, that we've never had... <laughs> space was just involved. We've never yet had a three-way tie. Oh. Mm. Like, it's possible, like, we could all vote for someone else. Yep. And we would have a three-way tie, and that hasn't happened yet. And I'm yep. very impressed. Nice. Good point, good point. But thank you, friends. <laughs> Now I've got to come up with a, 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 a headline, don't I? You do. Yeah, what's your headline, Jim? Rolling Krypton and on and on, baby. <laughs> All types of Superman have been cut. Hectic. Nerd. Well done, Jim. <laughs> well, thank you for playing, friends. Good work, Jim. It's been great. Look, I look. I'm just here to have here to have fun. I'm not expecting to do very well this season. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to come up with the the most simple plans and just see what happens. Noise. Noise. Oh, guys, the next part is the Dumb Ad Nation. <laughs> forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that too. Here we go. Welcome to Dumb Ad Nation, a podcast within a podcast. No, it's an ad within a podcast within a podcast. Yes. A <laughs> fake ad within a podcast within a podcast? Yes, let's go with that. <laughs> Jesus. So, kid, do you want to be just like Superman? Or, if you're a bit on the evil side, General Zod? Yes. Do you want to experience artificial Krypton atmosphere? Yes. Artificial, ooh, artificial Krypton gravity. Tell me more. Yes. Well, you're in luck. Today, we introduce to you the Strap-On World Engine. (laughs) Will it let me go real deep? (laughs) It will, young man. Carefully engineered by our allegedly Kryptonian science officer with two bags of rice, four belts, a surgical mask, and an old vacuum cleaner filter, you can get the full Kryptonian experience. Limited numbers only, batteries sold separately, what for? I don't know. Do not use while swimming uh, and are not suitable for children and people with respiratory diseases. So none of you are people with COVID right now. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. That's it. Get yours today. Get yours today. Where can I get one? Look up in the sky and if you see the dildo ship, that it is. That it that 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 that, flag flag the dildo ship down. (laughs) What was your product called again, Ken? A strap on world engine. Jesus. (laughs) Strap on world engines are sold wherever intimate products (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) May choke you a little, but not in the way you think. Just enough to feel erotic, but not enough to kill you. Oh, Cut wow. that bit out, Jim, please. Yeah. Um, cool. Well done, Ken. <laughs> Yay, thank you. Your brain, man. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thanks for playing, friends. Yes, thank you. It was another great episode. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, it was really nice. And thanks for listening along at home, everyone. But we're going to keep the next episode as a little Christmas surprise for you. Christmas. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Woo. Um, right. And, yeah, I guess we'll uh, see you all next time for our World Domination Christmas special, mm. sci-fi edition. Dun, see dun, you dun. then. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Call me. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. 
Thanks for listening to World Domination. You can find links to all of the things we've talked about, our other episodes, our merch, and our social media accounts at anchor.fm slash worlddomination. If you'd like to tell us something, feel free to get in touch. And remember, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to tell your mum about it. Uh, my audacity is recording now. Just BT Dub. Oh, perfect. I was just about to ask about that. Um, are we good to get going then? We sure are, Jim. We sure are. You guys, do you guys have anything else to bring up before we start recording? No, um, I'm very excited to talk about Henry Cavill shirtless. I th- I thought you might be. I had so many thoughts about this. Me too. <laughs> But probably about a different aspect of the movie than you were thinking. <laughs> Definitely not about the shirtless Henry Cavill scene. No, actually, I was I was rewatching it, and I, oh, well, let's start, then I could, we can chat about it. But yes, mm. all right. <laughs>